Organized crime is emerging as a bigger threat to Africa's development than terrorism. And this is according to security analysts. Hello and a very warm welcome to yet another edition of your favorite show, The 77%. My name is George Okachi. A good number of African nations are experiencing an upsurge in criminal gang violence, and this is not a unique phenomenon. The spike is the alarming issue. In Cameroon, the army has been deployed to try stem a wave of gang violence. Those guys harassed me, man. It was horrible. They stopped threatening us with knives. There were so many of them. Meanwhile, in Kenya, the situation is not rosy either. The capital, Nairobi, has been rocked by an unprecedented increase in insecurity brought about by criminal gangs. There are several incidents that have been reported from the East African nation on criminal gangs carrying out their activities in broad daylight. In most of the cases, the suspected gang members are believed to be the young people. Just like in Cameroon, some Kenyans believe that most young people are joining these gangs as a result of the stifling economic times. But is this the only reason why people get involved in crime? This is the conversation we want to have today. We will be talking to reformed criminals who will give us their accounts on why they turned into crime. All my friends I studied with were thugs. There are even those who were killed by mob while we were still in school. We shall also listen from a criminologist. Crime at the end of the day doesn't pay. You know, I'm, I'm talking as someone who served in, in the army and the elitist, uh, the most elite part of it, the special forces. I know for certain, and they say this, that if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. And also hear from victims of criminal gang violence. My phone was taken from me and in an attempt to escape, I sprained my, my left leg and it has really been making it very difficult for me to move. You can join today's conversation through our Facebook page, DW Africa. Tell us where you're listening from and we shall sample your views along the show. Is the economic hardship the only reason why young people get involved in crime? That is the question we're trying to decipher. To begin the show, let's head to Nairobi and our first protagonist is Aisha Ibrahim Juma. She is a reformed criminal who started robbing while she was still in primary school. Like many of her peers, poverty was the reason behind her involvement in crime. I remember from a young age, because of hunger, we could do a lot of shoplifting. This developed to a habit and we started stealing people's cell phones through pickpocketing. At least the phones we could sell and get good cash. You know, when you see a fellow lady with a nice outfit, you would be tempted to also buy. So proceeds from our theft would help me buy similar outfits. You know, I come from a poor background. 
unaenda unafanya aje unaiba but what was her turning point we asked aisha my friend kitu yenye ilinifanya nikatoka kwa crimes kumoja my friend what led me to stop crime was mob justice together with my crew we once went for a loot in an unfamiliar place we were caught and we faced a very serious beating they almost killed us we were only rescued because of two girls who were passing by they are the ones who went to our area to tell our people that we were being killed our community area guys came and helped us to get mercy from the mob Aisha today runs an organization that advocates against crime in Nairobi's Kibra slum. Her story is similar to that of Rashid Fadili Mohammed. Mimi nimekuwa na mabeshti, nimesoma na mabeshti wenye nimesoma nao almost wote ni waizi. Wote. All my friends I studied with were thugs. There are even those who were killed by mob while we were still in school. But even before I got myself involved with crime, I used to help the gang members sell the phones. Then I could get some small commission from that. But one day I was urged by a friend to also join them and go steal the phones because I could get more money. That's how I started. Rashid was heavily involved in a gang that specialized in carjacking. This form of crime was risky and led to the death of most of his gang members. He however couldn't stop. But his turning point was finally when a very close friend died, he told us. Nona What really helped me to reform is that incident of my friend dying. Also, my mother never gave up on me. She kept on talking to me to stop my criminal activities. Rashid also runs an organization that helps the young people to deal with issues of drug abuse and peer pressure to mention the least. According to him, killing criminals is not the key solution to gang violence. We have had cases of generational criminal gangs. Most criminals have been killed, but we still experience cases of theft. If I was killed, I could not be involved in trying to reform those still in criminal gangs. So we must look for a different perspective to deal with the issue. Perspective ingine ya kumada maboy, haifai. But not all those who get involved in criminal activities are unemployed or facing tough economic times. Daudi Koske is one of them. He worked in a car wash during the day but was involved in criminality at night. We were trying to do the game of cut and rat with the policemen so that uh, we could not be identified because we are only dealing with the criminal activities at night. Snatch people, they are available using the home gun made of metals. Koske was arrested and after serving his sentence he came out with a resolve to change. Now that we've listened from the reformed criminals, what is your opinion? Is the hard economic times the only reason why young people turn to criminal gangs? We have a good number of you reacting to this particular topic on our Facebook page. And I shall begin with Isal Ba you are saying African leaders have practiced dictatorship nepotism human rights violations against the largely growing youth population within the region 
which have left them with no or limited hope. Nyamulo Maximilian, you are saying the leaders of those gangs are the very wealthy people. In the Congo where you come from, the government is the leader of the gangs. That is a claim according to Maximilian. And Ryan Raymond Ngambiliani, you are saying not all Africans, not all African nations are facing the challenge of criminal gangs and this issue should not be generalized. Keep your comments coming. Remember our Facebook page is DW Africa. Now, many of you reacting to this particular topic, you've pointed out poor governance as the key reason why young people are being lured into these criminal gangs. But what is the connection? Let's listen to a Kenyan-based criminologist, Byron Adero. And Byron, is the hard economic times the only reason why young people turn to criminal gangs? Well, uh, interesting question that is. And, um, uh, but that, that, that's a bit simplistic, though economic elements or factors are truly uh, contributing factors. But uh, if you actually plot back in time, uh, you'd realize that Africa termed um, as, as a dark continent as it was before, wasn't um, um, you know punctuated with quite a bit of what you see now in terms of the dynamics um, of, of, of uh, or the upswing of crime. So where we where did we drop the ball and where did we uh, did the rain start beating us? Clearly, generally speaking, the African continent has been bedeviled by uh, cases of uh, you know uh, uh, poor governance. You know, if, if you were to clearly put it, and and that's uh, majorly what has. Uh, turned Africa into, um, you know, uh, a road that is going south fairly much in terms of uh, the distribution of the national cake. You know, if you are um, a father or mother of a home and you are taking care of your duties well, then it so goes that the people that you are leading, that say your children, are being brought up well. So the upbringing of the African children uh, was dropped. I find it quite interesting, Byron, that you're trying to link the failure in family in the family units to poor governance. Interestingly, so, uh, and and that's just one of them. So, if you had to dig really deep and you went to the backgrounds of what's going on, and if you had to look, draw things backwards to the smallest unit, which is the family setup, uh, you find out that a lot of uh, people who are called guardians or parents have dropped the ball. But where did it go wrong? If you went uh, back corner somewhere in your location or sublocation and you found the chief is a guy who's taking bribes from guys who are brewing illicit brews, then ideally uh, the responsibility that's on your shoulders as someone who's actually being led by that guy is going to be dropped. So uh, that's what's happening. So you see a lot, a, lot, a lot more of individuals turning to crime because it's the easy road. So it, the easy road, because it's actually been made easier by our governance infrastructure. And that's what the citizens see. The citizens get to be schooled in that rotten system and where everything goes. So if if this guy is corrupt and, and clearly has been taken to court quite a, a few times and, and, and the court processes are not um, uh, doing their jobs and the legal infrastructure are not working well, then it shows a proper example to the general populace that, you know what, crime is now conceptualized as an innovative way to get to your aspirations if the legitimate um, pathways to get to those aspirations have been blocked. Byron, you're making a very valid argument there, but it may sound a little bit broad and uh, academic, sorry to speak. Uh, The question is, why would this individual fashion crime as opposed to 
say hustling to find his way and make his legitimate ways. Ideally, when you want to talk about grand crimes or what's happening, they are done by people who are brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers. They are relatives. They're not cut from a different cloth. They're not cut from a different continent. They are right within, you know, the family setups, first of all. And then they have to be to feel encouraged and motivated uh, towards the general uh, orientation of a country as a whole, a nation state as a whole, uh, by a government that does, you know, the right things and, of course, addresses themselves to what, what we call uh, legitimacy. Because if you and I are pushed to the corner and you're back in the wall, unless you are an extremely good person like Leo and you and I, you will turn to crime because you've you got to put bread to the table, right? Because you see your neighbor is driving a big car. I've been trying to go to church. I've been trying to pray and, and, and fast and worship. You're praying but for the car, but someone else is not praying for it and getting it. But, but someone else is not praying for it and getting it. Someone yeah. else is, 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 is working smart, as they say. So uh, crime has been uh, conceptualized as, a, as, a, as an innovative way. They say deviant behavior occurs when our you know, conventional aspirations exceed the level of satisfaction that's associated with you know, legitimate behavior. So in illegitimate behavior, it starts to be conceptualized as a, as a smart way, as we are calling it today. What's that working smart? Working smart means that you're actually stealing from someone. Working smart means that you're actually getting tenders from someone who's connected to the government through the back door. Working smart means that you actually don't go to school, as, but you are buying uh, university certificates from uh, River Road or some from Back Street. Mm-hmm. But then... What will that, um, you know, inspire the rest of the generation that are coming after us to do? It has conceptualized stealing and, and, and getting your way through illegitimate, illegitimate means to those aspirations that are conceptualized as, as our, you know, dominant aspirations. And the dominant aspirations here today are uh, you're wealthy, you have a big house, you're driving a big car. But, you know, the roads to getting those things, uh, notwithstanding, we got to get them. So mm-hmm. we have lacked the value systems that were being taught from the ages, you know, where our parents said, you know, work hard, you know, and work legitimately so, and you will be rewarded. Byron, lest we sound preachy, what, what do you tell this young person who is saying, I just had to resort to getting into this particular gang? Working hard is a concept that I don't understand. Actually, I don't even have the opportunity to get that job. Well, uh, crime at the end of the day doesn't pay. You know, I'm, I'm talking as someone who served in, in the army and the elitist, uh, the most elite part of it, the special forces. I know for certain, and they say this, that if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. I'd rather you get that name of poor so-and-so. And, and, and poverty here, again, I was talking about poverty with absolute caution. Because when we were growing up, we could have lacked this and that. We could have lacked a, a bicycle. We could have lacked shoes. I saw my first shoe, I wore my first shoe when I was, I think, over 10 years of age. But that did not affect me, neither did it affect my parents, because we knew there was so much happiness in that home. And that's what life, uh, you know, uh, lends. That's what life gives. Uh, that there's so many people out there that are not dying or dead just because they don't have, you know, this and that. And that's pretty, pretty much life. Because not many people have done all these bad things, are, are, are having the freedom as a lot of us do. You, ha- you will have an immense freedom if you are poor and you just home and you walk to your sister, walk to your father, walk to your mom, and talk to your friends and tell them about yourself. And that's the courage you need to have. And, and you will have help. But you cannot have that absolute freedom. Uh, I do some of these jobs. And what you find is you can never find these guys uh, 100% online in terms of just their phone's activity. 
You know, they keep their phones, you've got an expensive photo, you can't use it with freedom. It's, it's all switched off all the time, once in a while, and you keep changing your phone numbers and things like that. That's not freedom. So if you have to literally look at what crime does to you, it that is that it does change your entire outlook of life. And there's absolutely no freedom in crime. And as I said at the beginning, crime doesn't pay at the end of the day. It's very true, Byron, that crime doesn't pay. And of course, there are a number of people who've fallen victims to gang violence. So the question is, what would be done to solve this worrying insecurity trend? Well and good. Uh, stop gaps are there. But as we know, stop gaps um, are, are really just um, short termism. Uh, what I'd say that this definitely going to be several approaches to this. Um, and one of them would be to uh, really get back to the drawing board at a national level and have very honest conversations about how we get ourselves back to legitimacy. You know, that's, that's one thing. And then once you address that question of legitimacy, then governments can get back to now the dirty work of ensuring that the institutions that are charged with delivering, you know, public safety security, because it's actually a, a national, you know, government's job. That has got to be addressed. Once you address those questions, then you have to now inspire buy-in from the populace. Then again, as they, we say in the security safety world, that the safety security actually start, does start with you. Uh, we are not in the Garden of Eden quite clearly, uh, and, and there's definitely going to be some bad elements around us. But once patriotism is actually inspired, uh, in Kenya we have what we call community policing. So it's people looking above their shoulders left and right and saying, hey, uh, that person is not, is, not, is not right. It doesn't smell good, doesn't sound good, doesn't look good. Byron Adero is a security specialist based in Kenya. And of course he has emphasized that crime does not pay and the resultant effect is always insecurity. In Cameroon, many have fallen victim to a criminal gang known as Microbes, and our reporter Gong Son Jean-Marie spoke to some of the victims. I was on holidays in Douala when I was coming back from my cousin's house, and some young boys attacked me and I was stabbed by the arm. And I've been facing a lot of difficulties in living properly. I've spent a lot of money in taking care of my arm and it really, really hurts. My phone was taken from me and in an attempt to escape, I sprained my, my left leg and it has really been making it very difficult for me to move. And I really want that this uh, situation, this security threat should be looked into. Those guys harassed me and it was horrible. They stopped threatening us with knives. There were so many of them. And I had to seize everything. They seized my phone, my wallet, and they even almost threatened, they almost seized the guy's uh, bike. The main causes of this phenomenon for me is a poverty. Because if the youth were employed, they could not abandon themselves in that phenomenon. Indeed, youth empowerment is the overriding emphasis there. And what a way to end this particular conversation. Thank you for participating and tuning in. Keep the 77% debate going by visiting our Facebook page, DW Africa. You can also listen to the debate through our website at dw.com forward slash Africa. Until next time, my name is Jojo Kachi. Bye bye for now and take care. <music>